The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Are You Afraid? Scream Queens, the unofficial Scream Queens internet radio show, exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppychulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, September 28th, 2016, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Fox's Scream Queens. Please welcome my co-hosts. First up, it's Prince Rico Suave. What's popping, people? A lot of stuff. Literally, if you saw the episode. But anyway, next up, it's Priscilla Rocha. Hey, guys. Glad to be back. Every time I hear you guys say what's popping, now I think of like that nurse and her popping prescription pills. So we got a lot to talk about. We do. He was pop, 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 popping them back. Yes, and he's back, and better than ever, it's Wilson.Hammond Jr. What's going on, man? Feeling fresh and ready to get it popping, as you guys are saying. Yes, Wilson is all about that base, about that base. No trouble, right? Damn straight. No no popping. (laughs) No popping, alright. Speaking of popping, let's pop into our recap of Season 2, Episode 2. Two, titled Warts and All and aired September 27th, 2016. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. After the local police dismiss Catherine's murder and a hysterical Chanel number no. 5, Zayde and Chamberlain become convinced that Munch is behind it all and begin digging into the past of the hospital, discovering that on Halloween 1986, the green meanie returned to the hospital and slaughtered every single person inside, including Dr. Mike, a young man named Tyler, suffering from a bubble wrap-esque collection of tumors all over his body, comes to the hospital for help and finds a love interest in Chanel number no. 5. Chanel and Holt 
begin dating, but this is complicated when Chad Radwell comes to the hospital seeking a cure for his perpetually screaming friend, and the two men immediately begin fighting for Chanel's affections. Munch admits to Zayday and Chamberlain that she opened the hospital to find a cure for her own undiagnosable disease and is later attacked by the slime-soaked green meanie who escapes. Spooked, Munch calls in special agent Denise Hemphill to solve the case. Denise takes Munch and the Chanel's to the maximum security institution where Hester is incarcerated, where they learn that Hester knows all of the details of the Green Meanie case and will divulge all the information she knows in exchange for a transfer to the Cure Institute and a set of long discontinued French cosmetics. Tyler, now Chanel Number no. 5's boyfriend, prepares to undergo surgery on his tumors, but is intercepted by the Green Meanie, who kills him with a high-intensity laser. Alright, a lot of stuff happened, people, so we gotta get deep into it, but we're gonna start off with everyone's initial reaction to this episode. I'm really excited to chat about this episode, and we'll start off with uh, our long-lost friend, Wilson. Chad Radwell, end of quote. All right now. Yes. All right. I thought you were gonna say Denise Hemphill, but like Chad Radwell. All right, Priscilla. Chad Rad. Your initial thoughts, since Wilson kept it sweet and Chan simple. Chanel number five is back. Thank God she didn't die. And that shower scene gave me life. Holy shit. I did not expect that from Screen Queens, but I, I, I should learn I shouldn't expect anything because I should expect everything. Me too. This is great. I love this episode. And Prince, what about you? Your initial reaction? Well, shout out to Chronicle that's back for its second season. Yes. Shout out to Denise Hampton. Denise watches it, obviously. That's where she gets all her tricks. Another show. Well, they did that last season with hashtag cahoots. I'm just saying. How to get away with murder. Hashtag cahoots. Cahoots. So, yeah, Denise Hemfield gave me life. The shower scene gave me life. I'm kind of sad that they did my Colton Hayes that way. Poor Colton Hayes. You didn't expect him to die, though? Pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we're not going deep. Yeah, that's it. We're good. Alright, now, I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was fun. You know, I didn't say this during our last uh, recording, but when I watched the season premiere, I didn't realize how much I missed this show. Like, I was so happy to watch the premiere, and much the same way with this episode. Like, I look forward to seeing the new episode. I get excited to see the new episode. I get really happy when I'm watching the episode. And then I get sad when it's over, because I'm like, crap, you know, it's, it's another week. Well, now it's going to be another two weeks until the next episode. This is such a fun show, and it's insane. Like, none of this would be able to happen in the real world. Although, with our current presidential election and people sort of liking an orange-tinged man, maybe this might actually be able to happen in the real world. 
who the hell knows. But I just thought it was a very strong second episode to an incredibly strong second season. So I am here for it, and I'm real excited to have all of you here to chat about it with. But before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of Scream Queens, here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash PCR. Are you afraid? Follow us on Tumblr, are you afraid? Dash screamqueens.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Are You Afraid? Scream Queens, and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. All right, let's get into it, because we pick up exactly where we left off. Well, not exactly, but like shortly after where we left off. So we see that, yes, Chanel number five was not decapitated by the green meanie. She is alive, and she's uh, telling her story to the detective who like seriously it has to be i mean she's worse than denise hemphill was last season and all the police from last season compared like this poor woman she thinks chanel number five killed uh catherine werewolf lady and uh i mean it's it was so funny to watch like i loved uh when munch like stepped in and was like do you have to graduate high school to to be a detective she was like no and munch was like oh okay i i see where this is going and so chanel number five obviously is hysterical she's saying uh, that you know this green thing you know she was like the the detective was like a green tree or a green plant she was like this green thing like attacked Catherine and was like nearly going to kill her but chamberlain scared it away when uh, chamberlain came down to check on them so let's talk about this opening scene because i really loved it because chanel number five was being chanel number five overly hysterical we have a really incompetent detective who obviously is not going to at all follow up with anything in regards to this case which is going to be great because that means that this uh, killing spree will continue on because the detective really could give three craps about it and then we have the chanel's basically berating chanel number five for interrupting their dates you know causing a big scene because she's alone she doesn't have any dates and she's jealous of them so of course you know she had to uh, get uh, attempted murder so that she can interrupt their dates so let's let's talk all about this uh priscilla you're a chanel deep down inside were you feeling for (laughs) chanel number five Oh my god, my one of my favorite quotes of like the whole time was just kind of like the last time she's gotten laid was when a bookcase fell on her. 
I know, Holy right? Shit, I felt so bad. And she no, that's the last time she got wood. <laughs> no, or she hasn't been touched in forever. She doesn't even touch herself. She probably doesn't even touch herself. No, number three, when they're like cross-examining them in the circle, which them going back around in circles that big. Oh my god, like I feel bad for her. Like she whimpers, like she does that like little Chanel thing where she, she where she just is so pathetic. But I love her, she's my favorite Chanel. She makes me laugh the most and I'm so glad she didn't die. Yeah, me too. I really am glad. I'm I'm super glad that she's alive because she's like she's like the butt of the joke the majority of the time but it's so funny to see her be the butt of the joke and whenever she gets hysterical like it kills me because it's just like her voice gets all high and pitchy and and whiny and, and no one believes anything that she says which i think is hilarious because we obviously saw what happened so we know that like she was nearly killed and like the two the other two chanel's are like really like is that the best that you could have done Oh, that was definitely an epic scene and it was just like the first scene and just the way that the Chanel's like circled her as they're like talking down to her was like so hilarious but, I agree like I'm trying to think oh but you know what well the suspect uh, can't seem to get her story straight in the first I'm like, place I'm like a, a bit of <laughs> yes I'm a little bittersweet though about her surviving that's my whole thing yeah, I am too. I mean, it would have definitely would have raised the stakes if they would have killed an OG character from the first season. But to be quite honest, I'm kind of glad that they didn't. And like, and it's it's tough to say that, especially on a show like this, because we should be hoping for deaths because it makes it unexpected. Like, we can't only have our recurring characters die because then there really are no stakes on the show because then like we know okay all the chanel's are gonna live zayday's gonna live munch is gonna live and they'll continue on to next season we we can't have that like someone has to die in my opinion or if they do do that they gotta make light of it like they need to like make jokes about it like oh my gosh you know can you believe this is like the 30th time i nearly got killed but i survived or something like that yes and which i, I could see them that. do i also love the but because she is alive, I do love that it seems like none of the killers ever care enough to even kill her. They kill everybody around her. But still, yes. day, like even a second killer is like, yeah, you know what? You're not even worth it. And just yeah. leaves her there screaming. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so we're going to save the case of the week until towards the end because a lot of stuff happened that I really want to get to and I definitely want to give enough time to discuss that storyline because I thought it was really interesting this week. So let's talk about Dean Munch. And she stops Zayday like halfway while she's in the hallway and she's like, do you know any Papua New Guinean restaurants? And Zayday's like, no. And, and, and Zayde kind of found that a little bit suspicious. And so Zayde visits with uh, Chamberlain, the uh, candy striper. And uh, he's like really interested in going out on a date with Zayde. But Zayde is like, no, you know, let's keep it cool. Let's be friends and all this kind of stuff. And uh, Zayde confesses to him, though, that he's the only person that she can talk to. And she's suspicious on why Dean Munch 
poured all her money into this hospital and not only pouring the money into the hospital but pouring money into this hospital where they're only going to see like a handful of patients they're seeing all these like really rare incurable cases like you know make making the incurable curable and she's confused as to why they're doing this and and of course like why she even hired her and the Chanel's. It, it just doesn't make sense. You know, it, it just, it, it, it's odd, basically. And, um, and she's also suspicious about the fact that Munch mentioned that she was in her office when Catherine and number five were attacked, but she had already said goodnight to all of them for the night. So it was very weird. And so she feels that Munch hired the Chanel's to pick them off one by one and basically enact her revenge on what had happened years before at the university with the Kappas. And so she's basically like, you know, help me investigate, help me investigate. And she reiterates, this isn't a date, help me investigate. So continuing on with them, he ends up finding information uh, about the hospital like initially they're like you know we should go to the library because um initial internet searches proved basically futile like there was like nothing on the web zeta was like you know they must have hired you know this uh you know internet cleanup crew to like delete all these like bad references about the hospital because there's really only articles about the hospital about its opening but like there's like a huge chunk of like the 1980s where there's like no information about the hospital so chamberlain had gone to the library and through microfiche that he found uh newspaper clippings from the 80s and so they head on down to uh, i don't know what you would call that area like the basement i guess of the hospital they called it records Okay, the records area of the hospital. And uh, they find out that uh, there's an article dated November 1st, 1986. And in the article, it explains that the entire hospital staff was murdered on Halloween night of 1986. And so we're treated to a flashback where we see Dr. Mike and we see Nurse Thomas again. And uh, this is uh, this takes place a year after the flashback that we saw in uh, the premiere. And everyone's having, once again, a Halloween party at the hospital. Things are going crazy. People, I love how they just casually like, you want to snort cocaine? Like, okay, let's go do that. Like, that was just... Maybe I don't hang around those type of people, but I just thought that was very bold. No, that was which I thought was really funny. And he was like, "Ah, should I be doing this when I'm on duty?" Uh, It's all good. Yes. Yes. And so they're all heavily drunk. They're high, and a knife is thrown and slits the throat of one of the uh, hospital party goers, and it lands in the chest of another. And then the green meanie is there, killing basically everybody. So while Nurse Thomas and Dr. Mike are making out against the wall, the green meanie appears, and Nurse Thomas is like, that looks familiar. And she's like, oh, crap. And so Dr. Mike approaches the green meanie, but the green meanie stabs him right in the chest. Like, he got gutted. Like, literally. Like, he got... It was one of those things where, like, you stab him in the chest, and then you use that uh, hatchet, or whatever, you that machete that you stabbed right into him, and you pick him up off the ground and like make sure he's like it's you know it 
gutted his insides. It was spectacular, I, in my but opinion. I felt like that was like that revenge murder, like because he's like the kind of the beginning of all this. He kind of got to like yes. That brings death. into that brings into who you think the green meanie is at the time. Like, d- yes, does he need revenge it or does. not? Like, it makes you oh, suspicious. True. It does. I like what were you all thinking, and I'm looking forward to hearing everyone's uh, guess as to who the Green Meanie is at the end, because we got a lot of clues and stuff in this episode. And so Nurse Thomas obviously screams. She runs away, and she's running just running. as fast as she can. And y'all didn't pick up on that. Yeah, well, <laughs> that was shuffling. Yeah. That was like a little Uranus shuffle. Y'all didn't, uh, y'all that didn't pick terrible. up on it. That's the, a line from I Think We're Alone Now, the song that was playing as she's getting murdered. So she was running just as fast as she could, and I think she's alone now because everyone in the hospital was killed. Like, she was killed, and every one of the partygoers was killed. It was spectacular. And so Chamberlain says to Zayde that the killer was never apprehended, and that no one knows the identity of the killer either so that was interesting and as they're walking back from you know checking out the microfiche they're stopped by our homegirl i am hoffel ingrid and she's uh high from her overconsumption of pills and she asks zayday if she knows the schedule of the chanel's because she wants to keep track of them and she's like well does that mean you also need my schedule and she's like oh okay but the truth ends up coming out that she wants to track them because she believes that they're idiots and they're not made for the medical field and uh, so zayday you know isn't convinced and uh she's like you know i'm not gonna help you because obviously you're doing some shady stuff and so ingrid throws her pills at her and uh, says you know if she won't help her someone else will so i'm kind of curious to ask because uh wilson was not here for our premiere what do you think of nurse hoffel she's awesome i love that shit she said hold my supplements <laughs> yes i love how she called them supplements that's classic no i mean she's nuts so i want to see what she's got like up her sleeve i don't think yeah she's yeah she's definitely off her rocker though like hey, it's good to see somebody like that high get that aware <laughs> of what's going on like yeah. like i don't know man like she might be the most sober one there because she's the most high if that makes any sense yes i i I know exactly what you're talking about but now you mentioned that line i'm like shit zayday's gonna get so much like hassle from her now like you just looked at her like kind of she looked at her with like eyes that are like if you don't tell me shit about the chanel's you're i'm gonna make your life a living hell so zayday better watch yourself I don't know, right? I'm pretty sure she can hear him to herself. Well, that is true. You know, all you yeah. gotta do is uh, feed the green meanie some Oakland nachos. Well, oh, you God, know, that would kill anyone. Fuck that. Th- those, those look so know, goddamn right? gross. I'd hope it's too funny. Did anyone ever try <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, right. Like, no. Okay, We're good. Still here. Oh, no. Yeah, that's, yeah. So, okay, so Zayday and Chamberlain, uh, they obviously have many more questions now that they know some truths about 
the hospital so they confront munch on her knowledge of the hospital and like her true intentions and so munch reveals that the real reason that uh, she created uh, this hospital and and this medical program is to find a cure for herself she's been suffering from achy joints that can't be helped with anything she uh you know has this like weird uh walk and, and she just isn't feeling herself at all and uh, she's gone through several tests and it comes up with nothing but uh she feels inside like she knows that something is really wrong and uh you know, it's caused so much physical pain that, you know, she needs to know what's wrong with her. And she needs to know, she needs to know what's wrong with her before this kills her. I so, feel super uh -huh. smart and sleuthy because when she mentioned that she liked food from New Guinea and she wanted it. And when she mentioned those like symptoms, I'm like, she's got Kuru. I know that she has it. So I felt all proud at the end of the episode. Aw, look at you. But before we get to that point, this was probably my favorite part of the episode. So we'll focus on Munch. Munch was walking through the halls of uh, the hospital. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden the hallways are pitch black. And, like, no one is there around her. And then, like, the elevator opens, which startles her. And then she turns around, and the green meanie appears out of nowhere and uh, starts attacking Get Munch. ass whooped. I know, but Munch was waiting for this because she, and this was genius, because all she freaking used was a manila, manila folder. folder. Is that and that she was? defends... Yes, that is one of those Manila hospital folders with like people's records in it. Oh, she used man. that to subdue basically the green meanie. Like she was, she was able to like grab that machete with she, the the, the folder folded up, and she dropped kick it, kicked his ass, and like beat him, beat his ass down. And she was ready. She was ready to pull the mask off when all of a sudden. She's interrupted by Chanel number three and Dr. Cassidy Cascade. And she's like, hurry up, you know, get the police. I've got, you know, the, the killer here and this and that and the other and blah, blah, blah. And all this exposition and, and Chanel number the three looked like epic. she could not have been bothered at all. And then the all of a sudden... Funny because she was like, get the police. No, wait, no, they're useless. Wait, no. Get the police. She, like she, she like battled herself for like a good minute after meeting like the that detective at the beginning. Yes, and then we hear the ding, and she looks up, and she sees that the green meanie has escaped. And then she gives probably one of the best lines ever. She was like, "You idiots! Like you know." Why the hell didn't you listen to me? Like, the next time anyone is ready to take the mask off of anybody, like, don't interrupt them. Like, focus on taking off the mask, which I thought was hilarious. No, that was funny. Because uh, it, it's, like, the typical pattern in, like, any unmasking. Like, right when that masking is going to happen, something, someone runs into the room and, like, the person escapes. Exactly. So, any other thoughts on Dean Munch, like, literally kicking this man's ass, or this, this green meanie's ass, uh, with a uh, manila folder? I loved that scene. 
And he, that, she just like, she didn't even like, she wasn't even like, when the, the first ding from the elevator shook her. The second ding from the elevator, she was like, oh man, I had that mother, like there was a total shift in her personality between those two dings of the elevator. Like she went in on that guy, like I, I was amazed. I, I expected her to, get, you know, get pushed over or like something. No, 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 no. She totally like, she, yeah, she, I, 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 damn, I was cheering for her. I was clapping. I was kind of like, yeah, come on, Dean, kick his ass, get him, get him, God, put him in a headlock, get him. Oh, oh, yeah, it was great. I love that scene. That was, uh, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it convinced me so much, her finding that I was like, is is that it? Like, are we are, are we going to get the green mini unmasked? Because I didn't see her failing at all. Like, I was just kind of like, she, she's, she's a badass. This fight scene is amazing. It just, it brought back, like, flashbacks of last season's fight between the Dean and, what was it, three? Red Devils at the same time? Like, she yes. handles her business. I love her. I love I yeah. love Munch. No, She's fantastic. I definitely agree. Like, Jamie Lee Curtis, we are ironing Like, I love her on this show. And honest to God, like, her fighting is getting better and better every season. Like, because we already know at this point, Dean Munch isn't a punk. She ain't no punk. But like her scenes just get more and more epic. Like this, this could have been a finale fight, to be honest. Like this could have been a masking. Like they could have used that fight for the finale. That's how well that was done. Yeah. So to wrap up her storyline, uh, or this storyline about uh, about Munch and the disease, after some research, Zayde figures it out, especially with the New Guinea restaurant reference because at some point Chamberlain is like you know we should go grab some food and there's a good Ethiopian restaurant and that sort of was like a ding moment and it turns out as Priscilla mentioned uh, Munch has Kuru which is a disease that develops from the people of New Guinea after eating the brains of dead relatives during funeral rites and uh, you know Munch had gone to New Guinea because there was some sort of mix-up on her book tour, and yes, she did eat some really delicious food, as she said, during some funeral, uh, during a, or I should say after, like, uh, the funeral of uh, the relatives of uh, some individuals in New Guinea. So she has Kuru, and unfortunately for Munch, because of, uh, you know, the, the amount of time that she's had it and, and all this kind of stuff, uh, it is incurable and, gasp, she is going to die within a year. No. That can't happen, right? Like, there's a reason why we have this hospital. Like, she's going to get cured, right? Right. According Obviously. to the literature, she has a year. She made it a point to say that. Yeah. yeah, I have a feeling Chanel Oberlin is gonna find the cure, and like Munch is gonna like owe her for life. I could. See I kind of have a feeling that since she has a taste for what happened, like like for the brain in New Guinea, that she's probably gonna start eating brains or some shit like that. That's just how this show goes. Instead I think Chad's of. Oh, Chad Radwell. He might he said he was gonna him. be a doctor when he was. Oh wait, wait, we haven't gotten that far. Chad Bradwell comes with the yes. cure. Or Denise. He said he was going to be a doctor. And he, has, he is at the hospital for his friend who has the screaming disease. Maybe he's going to cure, uh, you know, Dean instead of his friend. Well, I don't know. well, there you go. 
So let's get actually into that storyline, because that was another really interesting storyline. So Chad Radwell does return, but he returns in probably one of the most spectacular ways possible. We have Chanel sitting at the receptionist desk, minding her own business, and all of a sudden it gets dark. The lights go out, there's all these weird noises, and uh, from out of nowhere in the hallway, she sees the Red Devil with an axe ready to claim another victim. So the Red Devil is back, and so she gets chased down by the Red Devil, she falls down, the Red Devil is ready to strike, and the mask comes off, and it is Chad Radwell. And so Chanel freaks out at him, she's like, what the hell? And we learn... Everybody remember, in the season finale, the very final shot was of a red devil over Chanel's bed in the asylum. We find out that it was Chad who had broken into the asylum to scare her. So this is not the first time he has dressed up as the red devil to terrorize Chanel Oberlin. And uh, they have, uh, they, they talk a little bit, he, uh, uh, basically still wants her but she has started a relationship with uh, dr holt and uh, we had seen them on a date earlier and they had gone to the movies and his hand got a little handsy but she was very happy with it but you could clearly see that his hand was uh, outside of his control which we'll discuss in a moment and so the reason chad is there besides wanting Chanel back, is uh, that his friend was uh, startled, and all of a sudden now he has this uh, high sensitivity to being startled and scared. So every time he sees any type of stimuli that uh, you know can, can make him jump, he starts screaming. And Holt diagnoses him as having jumping Frenchman of Maine disease. And uh, they, they figured out that this must have happened when he shot Liz Cheney in the face, much to Munch's delight. And so while all that's going on, and they're, they're trying to figure out if there's any treatment for Radwell's friend, he obviously notices that Holt and Chanel are a couple. And so yes, are you guys boning? Which I thought was fantastic. And... Uh, at one point, like, Chanel was basically like, you know, I, I'm taken for, we went out on a date, he got handsy and all this kind of stuff, and we're good. And so they leave. And then one of my favorite parts was when he turned over to Munch and was like, you want to have some revenge sex? Right. <laughs> I Which I think we all forget that he was banging the Dean back in the day. Mm-hmm. He was banging everyone back in the day. Chanel well, that's two, true, too. Chanel number three, Chanel number five. Wait, no, maybe not Chanel number five. What was his band's name? Was it like oh, gold plated nutsack or something? Yeah, gold plated nutsack. Gold plated nutsack. So I love how like the doctor, like when he walks away, like it's just kinda like by nutsack. <laughs> that was fucking beautiful. Like the little jokes that are like throwaways are my favorite. Or when his hand was kinda going all funky in the theater. And he goes to get like the Twizzlers or the Red Vines, and the guy in the back goes, "You could have, you could have just asked." <laughs> like what? Like, the I, fuck? I know, right? I, I know, I know, I know. 
you uh, know you could have asked a stranger. Oh no, and Chanel. And well, I don't think that would really work in the real world, but in the Scream Queens world, it works just fine. Although in the real world, a Holt would have gotten his ass kicked for like stealing anybody's candy. Yeah, but uh, that you was know, funny. It's really, you know, mm-hmm. like, after seeing like the scene of Chad as the Red Devil, I thought it would be really cool for like the Green Meanie and the Red Devil to be killing people. Oh my God, like. If they like let Hester out and she escapes, oh my gosh, that would be insane. That would be a lot. But uh, but on Scream Queens, anything can happen. And speaking of anything can happen, next up is a scene that I would have expected to have seen on FX versus Fox, but we're treated to an extended nude shower scene with Holt and Chad Radwell. So, like, Chad is trying to, I guess, maybe psych Holt out, and, like, curtains continue to fly open and close, and Chad is, like, showering in the next shower, and Holt is like, what are you doing here? This is for doctors only. He's like, well, I'm here, and this, that, and the other. And uh, it got to the point to where Chad was basically like, we are going to fight for Chanel. And uh, Holt is like, you know what, that's extremely misogynistic, but you know what, Chanel's worth it, so let's do it. And so, it, I mean, it even got to the point to where their junk touched, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> that whole scene. Uh, that they noted it. The whole scene was hilarious. Like, him getting in the shower with him in the same stall, face to face, like, it's just too much. Chad is so (laughs) confident in himself. Like, he just comes in and he's like, aren't you threatened by, like, this hot piece? Like, and you've been in Chanel's box, but I'm the one that's, like, climbed that mountain. (laughs) Like, aren't you... I'm like, holy shit, Chad. Like, you have no... You take no issue in this, like, being slightly homoerotic. And then their penis is touched. I'm like, well, there you go. They they went balls out there. Literally. Literally, balls to the wall. <laughs> and speaking of balls, they decided to play racquetball, right? That's what they played for Chanel's love. And, uh, it's, it, you know, at some point, Holt was basically like, you know, you know, forget this. Like, you know, I will be the mature one and, uh, I, you know, I will be the one that, that's, that's with Chanel and basically you're a boy and all this kind of stuff. And that's where Chad's like, well, I'm going to be a doctor. And that's where Holt is like, you do realize that you can't be a doctor overnight. It takes years. And I love that Chad was like, well, I'm in for the long game. And I'm like, okay, obviously, because you need like eight plus years in medical school and all that kind of stuff. And we see that Chad Radwell has hired a detective to find out all about Holt, especially because he noted like the hand. And he was like, whose hand is that? And uh, he saw that uh, Holt got really defensive about it and so and sorry it wasn't uh racquetball it was squash right that's the yeah. game that they played yeah squash it's some yeah. rich people game i have exactly what the fuck they're called and so squash the squash at the local ymca yes and so we learn from this investigator that holt's hand belonged to a notorious serial killer who preyed on fellow squash players. So basically, this uh, squash player would go on Craigslist and find potential opponents 
And then after they lost, because he had no respect for people who lost, because he was so into the game of squash that you have to win. And so whenever he played against someone and he beat them, he like felt disgust towards them. So he had to kill them. Like he even had like a, this like shiv embedded in uh, the um, I don't know what you would call it the squash paddle. Racket? racket why not racket. in the squash racket like ready to like kill the losers and um he might have been like a really notorious serial killer but he was also an idiot because the police were able to track him based on like craigslist uh ads and that kind of thing and um he was killed and he was a full body organ donor and so that's how his hand was uh, donated uh, to uh, Holt. And we also learned that his final meal was like this elaborate, fancy meal that uh, Holt was like, his his um, his squash hand was like writing down without uh, Holt's knowledge. And so when uh, Chad, you know, had read like this weird, elaborate um, dinner and then the detective like, read exactly what this uh, serial killer had eaten the night as his final meal because he knew that he was going to get caught you know chad puts two and two together and so chad approaches holt with this information and it's basically like uh, i know your secret i thought this scene was like insane because here you have holt doing an autopsy and then once like Chad is approaching Holt about this, like Holt is like gets up and like leaves, and then Chad picks up the um, autopsy tools and starts playing around in the body. I don't know if you all noticed that. I thought it was yeah. really funny. I totally yeah. didn't notice. I thought that. it was really funny. Like <laughs> you see him like dissecting a little bit, and then Holt returns, and basically Holt's like, uh, you know, so what are you gonna do with this? Like, what are you gonna do with this? And. Um, yeah, it's interesting because uh, Holt now has this adversary in Chad Radwell that he didn't anticipate, and now Chad knows his secret. What do we think of this? Did you guys like the uh, backstory? I don't, I'll be honest, I didn't expect getting backstory on the hand so soon, so I like that we did, and now yeah. we have an answer to this mystery. Hundred people. The, squ like the, the squash people, the squash player dude, he literally killed all the other squash players in America. Basically, he killed six hundred squash players on Craigslist. I don't, I'm surprised he didn't get caught sooner, but I guess this is the Scream Queens universe. I mean, six hundred squash players. <laughs> where, like where did you find that? Craigslist takes like real all the squash I players are on Craigslist. Craigslist but... Yeah, like killer. You guys don't remember the Craigslist killer? Yeah, you're you're right, and I think it's it's after the Craigslist killer or like that Russian serial killer that killed like a ton of people on Craigslist, and they only found him because like he tried to serve people to like his like to one of his friends or some shit like that. Like it's based on real stuff, but holy, you're right, like. I've never seen anyone play squash, so he probably did kill every squash player except yeah, for like and the I like Silver and Gold Ryan Murphy does that. 
Oh, God, but... Chad talking to him and being like, Dick? <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm not calling you Dick because of your name. I'm calling that because you're, you're late. Lord, that was awesome today. And he stole that... that, scene, that, dude was, that why was he so close to him, like, agreeing to him? Why was he, like, nodding within, like, two inches of his face? Like, what, you, you guys don't know what I'm talking about? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like the when he was like getting into like his personal bubble, just kind yeah, of like. What was that? What was that? What was... <laughs> I, I his character in the office is real awkward that way. So like it was nice to see him back again, and like I kind of got like, oh okay, you're kind of using that as a reference. It's cool. It's just... Chad makes any scene better. So I'm I'm really looking forward to more of this like rivalry. I don't know this, yeah, this rivalry with Holt. Yeah. What do you think he's going to do now that he knows the information? Uh, hold it over him while he like pretends to be Doctor Radwell. Well, there you go. Pretty much. Doctor Radwell. Or in typical Scream Queens fashion, like it's gonna be revealed the very next episode in Chanel somehow won't give a shit. It's just kind of like, it's his hand now. Yes. Fine. As long as it's groping I just thought okay. it was funny when he was asking how it felt when he was letting the other man's hand touch him. He's like, you like it? Yeah. Pretty much calling him gay. He pretty much called yes, him Yes, but he's like, it's my hand. Oh. You you like... <laughs> I love I love how he's very defensive so of his hand. To say masturbation for guys. Like, celebrating Like, I feel like and... that's gonna be like his little joke the whole season. Yeah, it's my hand. I, I love it. He's very defensive of it, which I, I approve of. I, I like it. I think it's funny whenever he's like, it's my hand. I wonder now if they're going to have handsome competitions between Chad Radwell and Taylor Lautner's character and Dr. Holt. Oh, we need like, to see this. I'm just saying, hopefully that was a teaser for, of what's to come, because I, I think this is something that we should see besides it just be mentioned. So I, I thought that was funny as well. So let's get into the case of the week. So we meet a young man named Tyler. And uh, he is covered with all these cancerous boils all over his body. Like he genuinely looks like the thing from the Fantastic Four. And uh, except it's not rocks, it's boils. So... We learn that what he has is something called neurofibromatosis type 1. It's a genetic skin disease. And it started, these boils started appearing over his body two years ago. And uh, they, uh, you know, it, it's funny in the beginning because Chanel obviously is inappropriate. She's like, you know, did you ever think of popping them? Did you ever think of doing this, that, or the other? And Zadie, like, quickly shuts her down. He's like, come on, you know, what did we tell you last week? You know, you can't demean our patients. And after the other Chanel sort of, like, chime in, um, you know, they end up, he, he ends up saying, you know, he tried to pop them, but it didn't work. You know, it caused pain and all this kind of stuff. And so uh, Holt tells him that there's good news and bad news. The good news is there is a machine out there. It's a CO2 laser that can painlessly remove the tumors. The bad news is it costs a whole lot of money and the hospital does not have that kind of money to get it. So the hospital does not own that type of machine. And so Tyler's like, you know, he doesn't have any money. And, uh, you know, he's like, 
you guys are all the only people that can help me. You know, please help me. And so Chanel ends up like chatting with him and she ends up seeing uh, like a, a picture of him and she sees that he was really attractive before all these boils like popped up on his body and so after he's like kind to her because she's kind of a little bummed out after everything you know like the other chanel's berating her about nearly getting murdered she decides she is going to um well, no, well, let's talk really quick about what she said before this, because I, uh, I thought this was funny. She tells him that her first boyfriend was imaginary oh my God. and <laughs> broke up with her before her high school graduation. And she's upset that the other girls are spreading lies about her again and have boyfriends already. And she can't even get a boy to look at her and all this kind of stuff. And um, so... After all of this, and after she realizes, as she said, that he was super hot, you know, she she's like, you know, she is going to find the money for his laser surgery. And she doesn't have any idea how, but she's going to do it. And so the idea that she has is to create one of those, like, depressing, like, puppy commercials with, like, the, the whoever that is, like, Sarah McLaughlin singing in the background, like, basically, like, help him, you know, she's trying to create, like, this YouTube type of uh, viral video to, like, help this guy. The sad dog commercial. Yes. <laughs> Girl talk to th donate 35 cents a day, and you can save this dog. Like. Oh, God, she's so pathetic, but it was the best Ever. Honestly, this is, this is... honestly, she's made that like this whole her and this um, boil boy. She she pretty much made it the most funniest experience ever from beginning to end. Cause like even when they were throwing like the diagnoses around, she was like, "Are you like toad related? Do you know any toad relation?" I'm like, "Why? Like who's related to toads?" Number five. I felt like. I recognize the actor underneath, like, all those boils, and I'm like, By his eyes. this guy that's that hot writes it, like, his his job is to write Encyclopedia Brown fanfiction, what the fuck? Like, I didn't even know what Encyclopedia Brown was. Aww. Like, it's a, it's a really old fucking reference, what the shit? Uh, Wait, so that's real? Good. Yeah, it's Encyclopedia Brown. Oh my god, like, I thought that was like a Scream Queen like universe made up thing. Like I was like, oh, that's cute. It's oh. it's like Nancy Drew books. Like it's they're really old, like kind of mysteries for kids. So I, I didn't know about that. Apparently, wow. I, I got clued that's... in by somebody else I was watching the episode with. Oh, that's funny. Wow. And so I thought it was like a Scream Queen universe thing. So the other Chanel's, they see the video and uh, basically they tell Chanel number five, like you're, you have no shot with this guy because obviously you want to get this laser for him so that he can go back to being hot. But once he's hot, he's not going to want you. Like you need to get him now. You need to make him your boyfriend now. So when he gets cured and he sees that you were there doting by his side and being the supportive girlfriend, he's going to have pity on you and he can't break up with you. And so she does just that. And uh, they end up um, getting all romantical together. They end up really having feelings for one another. And they go out on a date. And uh, after 
these like two guys were basically like you know uh, you know berating him and and, and uh, insulting him based on all the boils uh chanel number five goes into one of her trademark rages and like kicks both guys asses you see that tyler is really touched by that and i think a little even turned on because he looked really excited after that and um he he's like no one's ever done that for me and then she apologizes for getting into her rage and whatnot but when they go back to the hospital these uh spotlights turn on confetti goes off and chanel oberlin is there and basically is like congratulations you know you can see you know through a person's hideous demeanor hideous appearance and you can see them for their true selves and you can find love you know under all that hideousness and uh, chanel number five is like oh thank you but chanel is like no i'm talking to tyler which i thought was hilarious it's a beauty and the beast moment but with the wrong chanel thing. number five is the beast they're the worst friends ever. They're spectacular. <laughs> no, they're good friends because Chanel was able to convince Chad Radwell to get the laser. But it was under um, a, a couple of lies, though, because she had told Chad that the laser was so that she can get like the most perfectly shaved snatch, basically. And so he snatched it up. The laser, that is. the offer too you that too yeah. yes and so the lasers there and ready to go and uh yeah so in the final scene of uh, the um this uh, patient storyline tyler and uh Shannon number five are facetiming and uh he's really excited because he's gonna get the the procedure done and all of a sudden he's like oh i, I have to let you go because we're gonna they're they're gonna prep me for the procedure and chanel's number five is like but no you know you're supposed to have the procedure tomorrow and he's like well i guess you know they they might have bumped up the surgery and so the other chanel's arrive and chanel number five is is like is tyler's surgery tomorrow did they move it up tonight you know is is holt there and uh they explain that Holt and uh, Chad are having what would they call it? The handsome contest. Yeah, they're having a who's more handsome contest. Yes, which means that they're going to try on different outfits to see who's the most handsome in the outfit. And so obviously Holt is not there because he's having his own contest someplace else. And so number five starts to freak out, and uh, she rushes to see what's going on with Tyler and we see Tyler being dragged not dragged but uh pushed into a uh surgical room and someone straps him in like really tight as in he can't get out tight and then all of a sudden the green meanie appears and turns on the laser and starts off lasering his eyes so he can't see and then was it that he used the laser to like slice him up, or did he have something else? Because I couldn't really tell. Because it was like the, he used the slicer. No, he used the laser the to laser. slice his neck. Okay, I, I think because yeah. all I saw was like burned out eyes and then like a slash through something. So it's either the neck or like the chest, but I'm pretty it, sure it was yeah. the neck. Okay, so he used the laser. Yeah, but it was definitely the laser to kill Tyler, and uh, the green meanie hears the Chanel's 
running through the hall, and so the green meanie disappears, and the Chanel's arrive to see that uh, Tyler has been killed. And this is when they realize that there's a new serial killer in town. So we're going to get to the final storyline in a moment, because I saved Denise Hemphill, the best for last. So let's talk about Tyler, though. Like, what do we think of this storyline? Are we sad that it seems as if th the new patients are going to get killed on a weekly basis? Well, yeah. I, Although I Randall did survive terrible. to scream another day. Well, yeah. Randall, yeah, Randall's the only one. But like I said, like, I'm going to need a group of patients then if you're going to just be killing the patient off every episode. Because... I like Colton Hayes. I kind of wanted to see more of him, not because of Chanel number five sake, but just well, actually, I think they would have been Chanel number five would have been way funnier if he was still around. See, that's as soon as he started reciprocating and saying like, "No, like that," that was like the best thing ever. I knew there was like, like it was a death call. Like he was going to die because Chanel number five doesn't get nice things Aww. ever. <laughs> like so. So, I don't know, I, as much as I, like, love Colton Haynes, I loved him in Teen Wolf, loved him in Arrow, was looking him, forward to seeing him more in Scream Queens. Like, he was marked for death. And if, <laughs> truth be told, like, if people are going to guest and, like, die in funny ways like that, I don't care. <laughs> that, the, the, that was, those were great. Well, oh, I also thought it was funny when Chanel number five went in her rage, and at the end of the rage, she was like, and I don't have teeth in my vagina, and kept kicking them. Oh, that was good. Like, it was all, it was all about him until, like, that last line. It was like, and I don't have teeth in my vagina, like, randomly in the middle of a diner. So, as a group, this is an odd question, but as a group, do you think Chanel number, Chanel Oberlin's right, and she does have teeth in her vagina, or she doesn't? She doesn't. She doesn't. I don't think it's. I don't think they'd go that deep into the Queen Queen's universe and go off. But then again, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was just kind of. Like, I don't know who to believe. Oh, and I also thought it was awesome when they were, when the three Chanel's were running to. I, I need a hero. hero. Yeah, the soundtrack was really good this episode. No, nobody can run properly in this, in in these in this universe. Everybody kind of does like this weird, awkward little shuffle in heels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, slow, and then with the slow motion, don't forget the slow motion. Always get thrown mm -hmm. slow motion. Oh yeah, you gotta run in slow motion in this universe. And so to wrap up a couple little things before we get into Denise, we uh, learn a couple of different things. Well, first off, we see that Randall is getting treatment for his uh, startled uh, screaming fits. So he's in like his own little private room that's supposed to be very zen so that uh, nothing can startle him. Uh, I guess being very zen means that you have a lot of lava lamps around you, which I thought that was really interesting. Another little thing that, that I want to ask you all about is we see that initially when Zayde confronts Munch, we have Hoffel like very obviously but very comedically listening through the other side of like the glass next to the door so she's like listening in on them and then we see later on that she has planted a bug under munch's desk and hears that munch 
has this uh, disease that's going to kill her in a year, and, and um, she had uh, told Zayde and Chamberlain not to tell anyone because the board of directors, which I'm really excited, hopefully we get to see the board of directors, the board of directors might uh, you know, basically toss her out because they'll um, see her unfit to be able to uh, basically you know, be head of the hospital. And uh, and, we, and obviously uh, Hoffel is listening in while she's collecting a whole bunch of pills, which was fantastic. So, <laughs> what do we think of this and Hoffel now that she we know that she has bugged uh, Munch? Because I'm su- kind of surprised because it seemed as if they were on the same side during the last episode. Well, no, I started coming because she, I knew she hates the Chanel's, and she didn't understand why she even hired them. So I figured if she could get rid of Chanel, she was gonna go. She was gonna do it at any cost. Yeah, I, f- I felt like she was playing her own game. Like, because remember, like the the dean was like, "Well, do whatever you'd like with them," and she's like, she she just mentioned something in passing and like gave a glare and walked away. So I'm like, there's something up with this with this lady. There's more to her. Yeah, I'm mad that they yeah. didn't use the same sound effect that they used for her last week although maybe they only save that sound effect when she runs into the chanel's and she didn't run into the chanel's this episode but they had that like that weird screeching noise during the premiere which i loved i thought was funny yeah i i kind of liked the fact that she's she was in the pharmaceutical section and (laughs) just taking a whole bunch of pills and stuffing them down her shirt it's the little and jokes. That's the thing. She's a drug addict, so she's gonna be par- her paranoia is kind of justified too. So, you mm-hmm. know, I go, you know. She sees How more. Oh, you're, you're exactly right. She sees more than like, she sees the whole picture, and what's going on. And obviously, like she keeps like she keeps a level eye out for like an ear out for what's going on, considering she's bugged the dean's office. So. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, ah, we'll we'll get to it with with theorizing, but yeah, keeping an eye out. Well, speaking of theorizing, while we're still on this episode, I do have a question. So when Colton Hayes' character Tyler was getting dragged into the surgery room, do you like? I'm I kind of feel like this was when they kind of introduced maybe a possibility of an accomplice yes we were going to talk about that feel free to mention it now yeah absolutely because are you talking about what i noticed too that it seemed as if someone else strapped him in yes like yeah and was bringing him rolling the cart like wouldn't you notice if this big green thing was rolling your cart around yeah yeah he would have spazzed out on the facetime so i figured someone's rolling the cart he noted he felt comfortable with the person, knew who the person was, and then it escalated. The green meanie popped up. Yeah, or that could be explained away because obviously this is Scream Queens and uh, time is uh, no longer relative. I guess maybe that same person that uh, pushed him in, you know, when they walked away, they quickly put on the green meanie disguise maybe all i know is 
he might have died because he's patient of the week. He might have died because he knew more. Because oh, remember, that's like true. he he, he, he told his yeah. like encyclopedia brown people, and and they and they figured out what what was going on. Yeah, he said he he did. He said something about. I heard that as well. Like he said, like he kind of had a clue on something, and then he gets killed. Yeah, everything's happening super early. Like, th- there's already people who have like theories about it. We're already like un- unveiling like reasonings behind like crazy hands Hashtag or reasons. almost unmasking the villain. Like, it's, it's pr- it was a pretty epic episode. I agree. I liked it. So we kind of got like that too. Like, third episode three, the first one though, because that's when like Sam got murdered, and she was like, "It, I knew it was you." Type. Yeah. At this but point, have- uh, Def Taylor Swift uh, got killed, right? Because that was the second episode, I think. Yeah, but no, that was our premiere. That was Death so. of First. Well, that remember it was premiere. a two-hour premiere. That was in the second oh, hour. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, we got the same two. Yeah, we got two episodes the first time, and then by the second, the second time we would be airing. Sam was like, I knew it was you. Yeah, so that would have been episode three. So they're doing things a little bit quicker, which isn't bad. So, okay, let's talk about what I think had to have been one of our favorite parts of the episode. Because Munch, obviously, after experiencing the local detectives, calls in special agent all the way from Quantico, Denise Hemphill. And, um... She's like, you know, I need your help. It seems like we have this uh, killer. We need to find out who this killer is. And uh, Denise is like, okay, you know, they we're going to use my Quantico skills. Uh, you know, I will figure out who it is. It's all about, uh, what, is, what did she say? It wasn't first impressions. What was the exact words that she used? Does anyone remember? Uh, your instinct. Your instinct. Like, Use your gut. Use your gut. Like because she was like, because, you know, I knew when I met Zayday Williams, and I'm like, she's still on this thing about Zayday, which kills me. She was a bad hoe. No, she says, this bitch right here is a stone cold hoe. Oh. Which was the yeah, best line. Because she was like, when I met Zayday Williams, I'm like, why are you still stuck on Zayday? But basically, she's like, she knows how they're going to figure out who this killer is because they got to get into the mind of a killer. So Denise, special agent Denise, sorry, she ends up taking Munch and uh, Chanel Oberlin and Chanel number three to this maximum security asylum, let's call it, or prison where the criminally insane are. And as they're walking through the hall, uh, this um, diapered up, man celebrating his birthday maybe or at least with some cake ends up throwing the cake at chanel oberlin i don't know if y'all saw but chanel number three like grabbed some of the frosting from her hair and ate it and she eats it yes yes she's freaking crazy yes. she really is she really is literally and she's like eat the Yes, and so they're there with the crazies, and at the end of the hall is the person who I'm, for the rest of the season, going to be calling Hannibal Hester. So we've got Hannibal Hester, and she 
says hello to everybody and uh, Chanel compliments the drawings that she has on her uh, wall pasted against her wall and she's like you know these are from my memories you know because I don't have a window here and uh, has Hannibal Hester's like I know why you guys are here you, you know trying to compliment my artwork and all that kind of stuff you all are trying to get chummy with me because you guys want information you guys want to know what's going on in that hospital and so she starts spewing all these facts she's like I know about the green meanie I know that uh, the werewolf lady died I know that you all are getting attacked I know what's going on, but did y'all know about what happened in 1985, and this, that, or the other, and um, they're all like, well, tell us who the killer is. You obviously know. You have, you have all this information that you couldn't possibly have. You know who the killer is. Tell us who the killer is, and uh, Hannibal Hester's like, you know what? I'll give you the information, but I need a little something. I want to be transferred to the Cure Institute. I want to have my own room with a window, and I need all of these uh, beauty products that are discontinued, that will make my face shine and my face pop and all this kind of stuff. And so <laughs> Denise is like, ain't nobody got time for that. You better take this chapstick and make it work. <laughs> and then Hannibal Hester ends up like, you know, like hitting the the chapstick through uh, the the little hole where where she communicates, and uh, she ends up giving them the list. And uh, it's just, I thought it was spectacular. I think for everyone out there that thought Leah Michelle was going to be stuck in the Rachel Berry role, like you obviously have not seen Scream Queens because she has been killing it. I love seeing Hannibal Hester. I uh, I got that pun. She's been killing it. Yes, literally. Um, make, I I have to see how see how it goes. Right now, she 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 brought it. I like seeing her and her um even more crazier than before. I like her but and I Denise because I'm trying to remember. I don't think they really interacted last season as much. And like this is now the second episode where her scenes are with Denise. I like Denise interacting with Hannibal Hester. I like their reactions to each other. I think it's really funny. Like, they work really well together. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I haven't really... Don't remember any real scenes of the two of them. So watching them interact, because... Just watching... Denise interact with everybody is hilarious, but watching her interact with, like, pure craziness is epic. Because, like... This is what she wants to interact with. This is the type of people she she. These are the people she's like, you know, arresting and stuff. Oh, now so like, definitely is watching funny. I think it's gonna get funnier. I'm hoping her and Chad actually get reinteract. Oh yeah, they need. Uh, we need to see a little something from them because they were fantastic towards the end of last season. They need closure. They do. They can't stick to the rivers and the lakes that they used to. Best breakup ever. <laughs> yes, it really was. <laughs> Good grief. So, we'll see what ends up happening with this uh, next time, I guess. Because that was an interesting uh, sort of deal that Hannibal Hester gave uh, Denise. And we'll see if they uh, take her up on it. My logic on that is, though, if she knows everything, that would mean that the person was in there with her at some point. Or the person visited her at some point. 
We'll see. Yeah. So right now, though, it's time for the MVP, the most valuable player, the character that impressed you the most and why. The rules are simple. You gotta state who your MVP is, why they are your MVP, and a uh, little twist. Uh, if someone has mentioned the character that you were gonna mention, you have to choose a different character. So we'll go easy on him since he was not here for the premiere. Wilson, who is your MVP this episode and why? Aha, I'm in the episode how I started the episode. Chad Rightwell. His audacious cocky attitude stole the show to me. And uh yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I see what you did there with cocky. Yeah, get it? Yeah, so <laughs> Yeah, that was that was hilarious. I can't believe they even pulled that scene. So, yeah, he he had me going the entire time. So, all right, yeah, I'm gonna go with Chad Radwell. Yeah, Priscilla, your MVP and why? Ooh, this one's easy. It's Chanel number yeah, five. And I knew oh that. my god! Like from being super grateful that she's alive to that weird interaction where the police didn't really believe believe her but then didn't really care about the case anyway so they threw it out her almost getting a boyfriend only to have it fuck up spectacularly but before that seeing her kick two guys' ass because she's not medicated like holy shit like she's she's a roller coaster i love her but i will say there's one little like detail that wasn't mentioned in like in, in our like interaction but it's about her when she's talking to her like to Colton Kane's character she mentions that her parents said something about her birth and then it cuts off and she oh, doesn't yeah. say anything about that anymore <laughs> yeah so I don't know like... if that's a throwaway line or if that if that like means anything more Mm. Yeah, like well, her parents about, like, did. Uh, wasn't it something that they said uh, during to the doctor or something last like season last, for last season? Yeah. Okay, I hope but, it's that then. But then, it, but then she wasn't. <laughs> it was like some confusing thing. Like she—that's what she was talking about. Like how like they didn't love her, but then she was—I don't know. Some, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, I think if you go back, you can hear what it actually says. I think I paid attention the first time, but she does say it extremely fast. So it's like, you got to kind of really keep your ear close. Yeah, so number five can sometimes chat a mile a minute. So I'm going to go next because no one has taken mine, and I'm very terrified that Prince might steal mine. So my MVP is Dean Munch. Like, Dean Munch... Well, she's no longer Dean. It's Kathy Munch. Kathy Munch. No, they're still Dean. They all call her Dean. Yeah, no, they, and they call her Dr. Dean as well, which I think is hilarious. But she was fantastic. Kudos to Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, I had to stop while I was watching the episode. I had to go on Facebook and be like, Jamie Lee Curtis is killing it. Because she, as Munch, has been fantastic. And I'm loving that the series moved to L.A. to shoot because... Jamie Lee has been in the episodes a whole lot more. Because before, I don't know if anyone remembers, they were shooting, I believe it was in Louisiana, the first season. And so uh, Jamie Lee would only fly in for a couple of days 
uh, per episode to shoot her scenes. I believe like she flew in like maybe Friday. She had Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then she'd fly back to LA because she wanted to spend time with her family and she want she didn't want to be away from her family for too long. So I'm glad that they're shooting in LA because they're utilizing her so much more this season as opposed to like maybe one or two scenes per episodes. Like she's in a lot of the episodes now, which I'm liking at least so far in these two episodes that have aired. And that scene where she kicked the green meanie's ass with a freaking manila folder. Like, I just can't. Like, that was genius. It was beautifully shot. It was spectacular. And then her meltdown afterwards, like, you know, what the hell? You know, don't interrupt me if I'm ready to, like, demask a serial killer. It was just, it was beautiful. So, kudos to Kathy Munch, a.k.a. Dr. Dean Kathy Munch. The new face of new new feminism. All right, so Prince, <laughs> your MVP and wow. why. Thank you for Jack and mine. Okay, good. I'm so glad that I, I went before you then. I guess I will go with McScreamy. <laughs> Dr. Halls. Okay. He. He, he he was a part of the counter, the encounter with Chad, so that makes it 50% funny. And he has serial killer hand. It's pretty cool. Like, so I'm going with McScreamy, and plus it's John Stamos. You can't go wrong with John Stamos ever. Well, there you go. See, my backups would have Someone been... Someone mentioned something super... Cr- Someone, Someone mentioned something super creepy to me, though, about that. That Chanel Oberlin's actress could have played Michelle in Full House. That's like the age. Oh, that's funny. And somehow that like made the May December like years to me. I'm like, damn, damn. But he is he's like kept like a time capsule or something. Like he is still pristine. Like he probably looks a little better than he did in Full House. Holy shit. But yeah, yeah, I kind of think so as well. He looks way better now than he did then. Because it maybe style-wise. Yeah. He's got that mature presence now. My backups yeah. would have been Special Agent Denise or Hannibal Hester. But I wasn't feeling as passionate about them as I was about the Dean. So, okay. So, everyone, it is that time. This is probably has become or will become or is becoming one of my most favorite segments of this podcast because I am now going to ask you all who is the green meanie and even though we haven't provided we haven't been provided with the evidence of it yet so we have to stick to the fact that you only get one choice for the green meanie so oh that's not fair Right. Yes. So we so we only pick one. Oh, okay. What well, do you do? We all want right. to pick two. I want to pick two. Yeah, two. Because I have only two in mind. Oh gosh, I have two in mind too. But I was gonna stick to the rules. But okay. But so you know we what? feel we like have the same two. We could get all on the same page. Okay, so we all feel that the green meanie has an accomplice. Uh huh. Okay. Wilson, do you feel like you've been you've been kind of did, did you think it was just one? Mm, I haven't decided yet, but I kind of think it's two after him 
getting wheeled in there after a uh, uh, that's right bumpy boy bumpy boy getting wheeled in there okay uh, that's when i was like yeah it's gotta be two of them. okay so we'll tweak the rules so we believe that the green meanie is at least two people so there's an there is an accomplice so we'll go in reverse order so we'll start off with uh, prince who do you feel could be the green meanie all right, see, I think the green meanie is Christy Allen. What's her, her, her character Nurse name? Hoffle? Nurse Hoffle. Hoffle. I am Hoffle. What was it? I am oh. Hoffle. Oh, okay. Ho- Hoffle. That's like right. awful. Hoffle. I think her. Okay, Hoffle. Like, awful. Okay. Awful. I think it's her. And I think the accomplice is Chamberlain. Okay. Because, like I said, the logic is... My logic right now is... Awful is the... The mother. And Chamberlain's the, chi- the kid. Okay. From that t- that tragic incident. Of when the father got killed. Okay. I can dig it. I like it. Because my theory is... Kirstie Alley is the mother. So we're agreeing. I'm still torn between... Is it Chamberlain? Or is it Cascade? And since you picked Chamberlain... I'll go with Cascade. Although I feel like Chamberlain... There's a lot of evidence to point him to being suspicious. Because one thing, and I don't know if it's going to become sort of like a trope in this show, but he's like really into Zayday. And like one of the killers last season was really into Zayday. And so that made me really suspicious because he was like really trying. It made me suspicious because he's good at rolling carts. And someone had to roll cart and Hades in there. Well, what all, what made me suspicious about him was his interest in Zayday because one of the killers was interested, and then the other thing was when he was talking to Zayday, he knew the ins and outs of the hospital because he was like on the other side of a curtain, and then all of a sudden he was like right next to her and he startled her, so he knows how to get in and out of that hospital in those rooms without being heard. So I thought that was interesting as well. But I'm I'm gonna go with Cascade because, like, I just feel like he like looks so much more like the father that I'm still sort of stuck on that, and and he seems kind of suspicious and like one of the reasons why I, I think it could be him is because when Munch was being attacked, like he sort of showed up with number three and they it, maybe they showed up at the right time so that you know at least munch can be like well the green meanie was down here and he was over there so he can't be the green meanie because for them at least there isn't proof that it's more than one person so and plus it's, it's taylor lautner you know he is a bigger named star so it would be i think kind of appropriate that he would be involved with the killings in some way, shape, or form. So, I'll go with that, although I like the idea of Chamberlain, and he's on my radar 100%. So, okay, so we're doing reverse order, so that means Priscilla. 
who could be the green meanie or the green meanies? I totally kind of like agree with the nurse Hoffel being the main antagonist here, the one that's like calling all the shots. But if I'd have to say who like the son is, because I'm 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 thinking the kid the 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 baby the son should be dr cassidy cascade because his alibis don't necessarily like stick very well not to mention i don't know like that whole like resemblance you're right it's there taylor lautner is a bigger character so to have him be the guy like the 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 monster of the season like would be epic and I don't know, it's just this feeling I get around him that, like, he he doesn't care, he doesn't feel about uh, about things, like, the way a normal person does. He's a colder than a block of ice. Like, I, I don't think it's temperature-wise, like, all the way. I think that's also, like, kind of sociopathic. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe he's cold as ice, like, in his heart, too. So, so I don't know. It's Dr. Cassidy... And Nurse Hoffel. Yeah. Because I think as far as the timeline, it makes the most sense that it was the wife that killed everybody. After somehow, and I'm sure we'll get some sort of flashback, she found out the truth of what happened. So, I think we we can all agree that the person that killed everybody in the flashback was the wife. Oh, definitely. There's only one thing that makes me doubt that, is that the person had the strength to be able to lift up Jerry Jerry um, O'Connell. Okay, well, yeah, doctor. that is true too. But this is Scream Queens, so right out of the face. This is Scream Queen universe. If like, Nassim could kill everybody dressed up as a as a red devil, why not the wife? Jonas yeah. at the time before the muscles. There you go, and so Wilson. Phyllisin, who do you think the green meanie could be? Um, I'm going to have to go with the general consensus. I'm thinking Nurse Hoffel and uh, Cascade. But then I was also thinking that uh, I keep calling them Fluffy. Uh, Chamberlain? Chamberlain. Chamberlain Fluffy. I mean, mean, who's really a candy striper anyway? I mean, this guy's got something going on, like. And like I, you, you didn't know to mention something I noticed too, like how he was, how quick he was of moving around the hospital without being hurt. Yeah, that was hella knew, suspicious. You know, I had already gone to get the microfish, and guess what? Yeah, I already know like, where the yeah. Th- I didn't mention that. You're absolutely right. He, he, like it's almost as if he wanted Zayday to like know about all this stuff, to like almost as if maybe to like make him not seem yeah, culpable. Yeah, to the library. Chamberlain brings the library to Zayday. Yeah, like, that, that, I thought that was I suspicious could, too, that all of a sudden I he could. had done all this research without her, and that kind of thing. It was, it, it's suspicious. I mean, they're doing a good job at making those two, like, hella suspicious. And realistically, like, Thorn, what... I, I don't know about hospitals over there, but in Boston, we don't have no guy that's walking around bringing candy to people's rooms. They're candy stripers. Usually, they're people in high school, they're, though, they're I think, or they're older people. 
Maybe him and Cascade are best friends. They grew up together in the hospital because his mom was a nurse. There you go. And you know, he's like, hey, I got you. I'll help you out, whatever you need. There you go. That that could be a twist. They could both be the Green Meanies. And, and they could be the Kirstie Alley is just a pill-popping nurse. Well, there's three Green Meanies. Maybe she's a Green Meanies. Maybe that's why Dean Munch was able to get the best of her because she was too hot. Well, there you go. Or maybe she uses the pills like for I her said, strength. Like I said, there were three Red Devils them. last time. You never know. We could have three Green Meanies. That's true. But we don't know that we yet. Four yeah, there could be more this season. It, it, season two, bigger, better. Know. Right? We don't know. It could be anybody. It could be all of them. They could be taking turns. It could be that Stone Cold Ho, Zayday Williams. Always that Stone Cold Jose Day Williams. Yes, I knew about we her. We still have not found out her background except her grandma, so. You maybe. do know her background. She's a Stone Cold Ho. That's her <laughs> background. Yes. Oh, Denise with her vendetta against Zayday Williams. But on that note, join us in two weeks for a brand new installment of Are You Afraid? Scream Queens. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Are You Afraid? Scream Queens and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash PCR. Are you afraid? Follow us on Tumblr. Are you afraid? Dash screamqueens.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Thanks, announcer. Co-hosts, please wish listeners a good night. Good night, green meanies. Good night. Well, it's no chairs. Don't pop those pimples. Oh gosh. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Are You Afraid Scream Queens every Thursday via iTunes and the Poppy Chula Radio archives. New episodes stream via poppychularadio.com every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Good night.